Well, Ulysses, uh, normally we do our mailbag episodes on Wednesdays. That's why we call it Midweek Mailbag. But we're going to do it a little bit earlier this week on a Tuesday, Tuesday mailbag episode. But guess what? Just because we move the days around, the quality keeps really, really high. So let's get started right now. You are Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sembrano. And we're the host of the Locked On Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us your very first listen every day. Be sure you check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Locked On Rays. And listen to us on all the other traditional podcasting platforms. You can also give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Rays and email us anytime. Uh, traditional voice memo uh, or traditional email or voice memo, lockedonrays at gmail.com for future mailbag questions. If you have a comment, hot take, concern, whatever it may be, we take it all, not just raise questions, but baseball questions in general, lifestyle questions, whatever you want. Just Shoot them away at us. Um, and speaking of that, uh, we have three great mailbag questions and emails that we'll get to here. Uh, this first one from Michael Grief. I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Uh, he says, I think the Rays are the mid-60s Dodgers. They need to always focus on pitching first. Bats are something we luck in on. Pitchers we chase. If we lose one-run games, our approach is to improve the pitching staff. I think it is the correct choice with limited funds. Chasing bats gets us Nelson Cruz. He was not brought in for leadership. He was brought in as a hitter, but we just got leadership. That is Michael's comment. Oh, my God. Michael with the hot take. Oof. Okay, Michael, first of all, thank you for writing to us. Right. Second of all, man, that was... That was salty. I tasted it and I like it. I like I like I like when people just yeah. say what they mean, not don't sugarcoat it, just down the middle. Although full Very disclosure, nice. full disclosure, Nelson Cruz did hit 13 home runs in 55 games with the race at age 40. Now his OPS I, wasn't where you wanted it. Some other numbers and metrics weren't where you wanted it, but that's on pace and season extrapolated over. 162. And I guess, you know, playoffs, he didn't do much there, but the playoffs are a crapshoot as it is. I don't necessarily agree that he didn't do. I think a lot of people crap on, on Nelson Cruz and the production. I don't think he did a bad job. I don't think so at all. Um, yeah. I think we saw that it's not only his numbers, but the people around him, he made those people around him better, way right. better. I don't, I mean, Brandon Lau did not hit 39 home runs just because of him. It was the, the production around him. Randy Rosarena didn't have a 2020 season because of him only. It was because he had him as well. Wander Franco. The list goes on and on and on, people. However, I do like the straightforwardness of Michael's um, uh, take here. So that's what I'm appreciating. I, I couldn't tell you about the 60s Dodgers. I was not even a thought to be in this world. Um, so that's, I, I can't speak to that, uh, Michael, but I don't know if it's more important to focus on pitching than hitting, but I can tell you that for a small market team, it is easier to replace good pitching 
than good hitting. Um, it, it just is. First of all, if you're the Rays, you can find a guy who's selling solar panels and you can give him 40 innings of work and he can give you a 2-3-5 ERA with a similar FIP. Right. So, I mean, you you can do that. Uh, starters are, are, are a little bit more difficult, and yet we can have a guy like Jeffrey Springs and Drew Rasmussen who are relievers, and then you can just turn him into starters. So, like, the Rays have that on lock. I will never, ever – I've seen enough race baseball in my lifetime to know that if they're bringing in a, a guy for the bullpen – or for a starter position, uh, for their starting role, yeah. <laughs> I don't even sweat it anymore. I really don't. I, I trust. I believe in the process 100%. It's the hitting that that is a little bit more costly. And we saw that with Jose Abreu. We thought that we were yeah. going to be in the talks of, of one of those teams that, that might get his services. Nope. Apparently way too expensive. Three years, 60 mil. They weren't ready to do that. Michael Brandley, same thing. What was it? One year for 12, but plus four incentives. So... Could be up to 16 million for Michael Brandley on one year after having uh, shoulder problems. Yeah, the Rays are just not going to to maybe target that that amount. So that's the thing. I think pitching is maybe not. I don't think pitching has to be the primary focus, but it definitely is easier to target good pitching if you're the Rays than good hitting. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. Um, I do have a little bit of a quabble or quibble with. Bats are something we luck in on. Um, I mean, you look at some of the the Rays positions over the last couple of years. I mean, we can just go down the list. Did they luck in on Avi Garcia and Joey Wendell and Yandy Diaz and Austin Meadows and Tommy Pham and Travis Darno and Isaac Paredes and Harold Ramirez? I mean, yeah, there's been some failures along the way. Sure, there's always going to be failures on the pitching side, on the defensive side, on the offensive side. I mean, yeah. Uh, Yoshi Satsugo certainly did not work out. Jose Martinez certainly did not work out. Hunter Renfro certainly did not work out. David Peralta certainly did not work out. Nelson Cruz probably did not work out as much as we had wanted to. And one of those stats I, I do want to mention, full disclosure, I mean, yeah, 283 on base percentage, certainly not going to cut it. But, um, yeah. and also, in addition to that, you can't really afford to give away guys like uh, Nate Lowe as well. But, I think that, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's the Rays just luck in on hitters. I think there's definitely an approach to acquiring them. I think the key going forward um, for the Rays as far as offense goes, because they all they are a small market, small revenue team, is focusing on homegrown hitters, homegrown talent. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of a change in that approach of, Curtis Mead, Kyle Manzardo, I know many years away, but Xavier Isaac, they've kind of maybe focused a little bit less on those pure athlete types and those versatility types and those up the middle types. And let's go out and get bat first guys, whether he can only play first base or he's minimally defense defensively. We don't care because we just need to get middle of the order bats in this organization. I think there's, there's kind of uh a balancing act with that. And, and I think we're starting to see some of that as well. Yeah, we, we can definitely see a shift in their uh, methodology uh, in drafting. Hopefully that yields to good results. Uh, but yeah, for a long time, it was very athletic up the middle guys. And I think obviously that's because behind the scenes that we're talking about the shift rules and right. okay, that's going to come to an end. So now 
you're very thankful that you have so many options down uh, and down the middle that can go get some balls. Like a Taylor Walls this year should be very, very valuable um, yes. w- w- without the shift. So that's going to be really, really awesome to see. I don't know what Michael means by luck into because. Yeah, because I just provided examples of them acquiring I think a lot of hitters. I don't know if it's like, I, hey, we just throw flyers out on on guys and hope they produce. I mean, I think he means maybe that the the players that have been acquired because of their offensive production mainly have not worked out. Like you you named Jose Martinez. We only wanted him to hit. He did not hit. Hunter Renfro, we wanted him to hit. He did not hit. Yoshi Sotsugo, same thing. I think maybe yeah. that's that's what he's talking about, that we luck into an Evan Longoria, we luck into a Wander Franco, we luck into a Brendan Lau. I, I don't I don't I don't know what Michael means really. Yeah, I don't I don't know if it's like yeah, I I think that the Rays generally with their budget and not wanting to spend big bucks on hitters that they've done a, a decent job of acquiring guys from other teams that have produced offensively. Um and further to your point or our points about getting uh some of these bat first guys, I think you know, something that maybe the Rays are learning down the line is that yeah, athleticism, that pure athlete, that five-tool-esque player, it's wonderful. It's great to talk about and having that prospect status. But we also learned that those types of guys can break down after a couple of years playing at the trop. I mean, injuries injuries happen. It's a real legitimate thing. And um, yeah. you don't have to look much further than a, a Kevin Kiermeyer, for example. So um, I think that's something that, you know, after, you know, maybe by the time they're 26, 27, they're kind of donezo, um, depending on how their body is built and how well they've, they've taken care of themselves as well. But I think they're, and I'm sure at some point, you know, the Rays will, uh, compile enough of these bad first guys that they can go back and get more of those athletic types. You know, maybe he means looking in on like a Yandy Diaz. You 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 were lucky that he became the the Yandy Diaz that he is. That uh, yeah, but I don't Wendell. think the Rays lucked in on him because they saw something that he wasn't able to do with the Indians, and they said maybe we can fix that and and reinforce the the launch angle thing and just the fact that he's got a great great approach and he he takes walks and he hits the ball hard and um, he doesn't strike out very often. Like that was you know, something to mold. So I don't, I, it's not like, oh, wow, we acquired Yanni Diaz. We didn't think he'd be, you know, that good. And look at, look what he is. He's really, really good. I think that they targeted, they targeted all these guys intentionally. I, then I, then I, then I'm out. I don't know what Michael yeah. means. I tried my best. Sorry, Michael. I tried no, my it's, best. yeah, it's all good. So, yeah. but I, I think overall his, his point is correct in that. I mean, it's, it's always been pitching and defense, pitching. you know, pitching yeah. first. So, you know, I, I don't. It's cheaper. It's cheaper yes. to be good at defense. It's cheaper to find good pitching. Hitting is the most difficult thing to do in sports. So obviously, if you're looking for that type of talent elsewhere, it's going to cost you either money or uh, or your prospects. And if you're, again, a small yeah. market revenue team, you really want to keep your prospects because they're going to be cheaper than, than, than players that are already established in the league. Maybe something that can help uh, some of these bats going forward is built bars. Give these guys the strength to hit some more bombs. A hundred percent. And you know why? A hundred percent because they're made of a hundred percent real chocolate. All built bars of a hundred percent real chocolate. And they're also healthy and delicious. They only have 130 calories, 
four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein. And these are the stats that you want to see uh, in the back of a baseball card, but you're going to see it in the back of a built bar uh, every time you get them. And now you don't have to wait for them to get to your house uh, after you order them at built.com. Right now, you can actually go to Walmart. You go to your nearest uh, the, the, the pharmacy section, and you can pick up a bar, a uh, four-bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate. And if you don't want to go to Walmart, you can go to Sam's Club, and you grab yourself a 13-bar box of brownie uh, batter or coconut uh, puffs. Whatever you desire will be there for you. So if you want something healthy but that's also delicious without all the fat and calories, then you got to get yourself some built bars all right this uh next question from jeff r as the orioles already have adley rushman up in eight of the top 100 prospects including the number one kid gunner henderson what are the rays doing to keep up curtis mead is the only one to make any list for tampa bay which I don't think is correct uh, I, I, because I look at the top 100 prospects and who knows what website he's looking at. He could be looking at baseball prospectus, fan graphs, prospect lists, 1500. He could be looking at D Rays Bay. I don't know. You know, whatever. But no, no, but all but, of those don't have only Curtis Mead, though. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's Todd Bradley, Curtis Mead, Carson Williams, and Kyle Manzaro. I mean, those guys are kind of cemented in the top 100. And, and, yeah. And, and, in a, few, in a few of those lists themselves, as honorable mentions, they have Mason Hour, friend of the program as well. So I, I don't know what Jeff exactly means by not being on any list. If I were to be Jeff's lawyer here, uh-huh. I would say that he meant an ETA of 2023. Like me is the only race prospect that is going to be making an impact in 2023. So if we go through that idea okay okay yeah looking at the prospects i think curtis mead is going to be the first guy that if something happens to somebody on 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 the 26 men roster let's say uh an injury whatever hopefully it's not something serious but if an injury happens and his defensive abilities match up to curtis meads then yes he would be the first guy to get the call up what i mean by that is if an outfielder gets hurt, it's not going to be Curtis Mead that gets the call, you know. Right. Uh, or so it has to be somebody that Curtis Mead can fill up that defensive uh, position. I think he's the first guy, but um, that's the way that I can read that, Jeff. I because I, I, I disagree. If you meant that he's the only guy that is in top one hundred lists, I, I I disagree. And there are many other lists that that mention multiple five to six race players on every list. Yeah. And my other comment would be, um, I mean, I guess good for the Orioles because it's taken them a half a decade, more than a half a decade to get to this point and totally retool and rebuild. But I don't think they're the biggest priority if you're a Rays fan right now. It should be the Yankees and Blue Jays and then maybe the Orioles. I mean, I'm again, I'm I'm just the messenger here, but uh, I think. Zips projects the Orioles to go 80 and 82. Pakoda projects them or has sort of an over under at 76 and a half wins. So um, I still think the Orioles are probably a year or two away. If anything, the the fan base is just totally ticked off at owner John Angelos for not really investing or spending any money this offseason. I mean, their their biggest pool, their biggest get was uh, Jordan Lyles. 
giving him $17 million. So that's got to be a little bit of a, a death knell to the team. Like, Hey, we, we won 83 games in 2022. What are you doing to really boost us up? And they're really, I still think they're a, a little bit away. And my other comment too is, man, I know we, we say it often and continuously that the prospect hugging thing, um, top 100 prospects, these lists are just, they are so fluid and so ever changing and oftentimes do not prove to be accurate. Um, a lot of guys that, you know, number eight, number 10, number 12 prospect don't turn out to be anything. There's guys outside of the top 100 that turn out to be hall of famers. There's guys that are, you know, the number 84 prospect in the top 100 for a particular year that, that go on to, uh, contend for the AL Cy Young. I'm talking about Shane McClanahan. I mean, Shane McClanahan was never really, you know, he wasn't a, a Wander Franco-esque prospect. He didn't get the love that so many of these other guys have. So his sure. basically highest point was, you know, 84th best prospect. And now he's a top 50, top 60 player in all of baseball. So, yeah. and if you just look at the list year by year, like again, injuries and, and production can, can have an impact, but Daniel Robertson was was a top 70 prospect. Cody Reed was a top 70 prospect. Matt Whistler was a top 80 prospect. Um, we don't have to go back that far to look at where Luis Patino and Vidal Brujan and Brendan McKay were. So let's not, you know, again, I, I'm sure everything I've read about an Adley Rushman, I mean, he's he's legit. He he could yeah. contend for the the Cy or not the Cy Young, the, the MVP. Like he's he's yeah. gonna be a, a stud. He's for the real deal. Cup. But he's, he's other guys player. on that prospect, we, we don't know what Gunnar Henderson is going to turn out to be. We don't know what Grayson Rodriguez is going to turn out to be. We don't know what D.L. Hall is going to turn out to be. I mean, if, if you look at it, of one of those four, you're usually sitting pretty. But now I'm going to go to the other side. Okay. They won only three games less than the Rays. So only assuming that the Yankees and the Jays are really our only competition within that division, I think it's nearsighted. Because they were only, again, three wins out from the race. So I, right. I understand your point. And in and, and the bigger picture, yes, I'm more concerned about the Yankees and the Jays. But I'm for the first time in a long time, I'm looking at the Orioles. Uh, I, I am looking at them. And I know you say the prospects, you know, they might not pan out. But they're getting John Means back. I mean, what they did last year, they didn't yeah. do it with John Means. They're going to get John Means back. That's that's a stud. And all of those prospects, if one of them just comes through, that team automatically gets better. Um, we see we've seen how the the ballpark dimensions really help the pitching staff. So yeah, a guy like Lyles might not be that attractive, or a Kyle Gibson um, as free agent acquisitions, but. <laughs> Maybe with those ballpark dimensions and higher walls, maybe those guys, instead of being yeah. 450 ERA guys, maybe may, maybe uh, give you some better production. So I understand the Yankees and the Jays are our priority to lock in on, and, and that's our bigger competition. But I would not just wave away the Orioles. Yeah, don't no, totally discount them by any means. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my larger point here is that don't get so hung up on the top 100 prospect list and how many prospects the Orioles have compared to the Rays and the Rays have compared to the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and so forth. Sure. It's cool. It's fun to talk about. It's fun to focus on and, and think about what could be with the future. But um, these, these 
I would be very curious to see how these rankings look at the end of the season or, or 2024 and how the names shift either completely upside down or the other way around with some of these players. My gosh, look at that with the, with that rhyming that uh, cat in the hat. <laughs> yeah. Right. I like, uh, it. I'm the next, uh, name a white rapper. Uh, Mac McClung after this yeah. off season, Mac Miller, <laughs> the late yeah. Mac Miller, I should say that was, yeah. God, I can't think of a white rapper off the top of my head. Post Malone. I mean, Mar- Marshall. I mean, Eminem. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good How one. I'm not thinking of him off the top of the my head. Goat. They were actually playing Eminem at FanFest, the, the explicit goat. version. That's why he's the GOAT. Yeah. Yeah. And- I don't know. I mean, some intern better here in Earful. I don't care, but I mean, the amount of families that come through. And it was, yeah, it, it wasn't the clean version. It was actually the, the the legit version. It was in Ballpark and Rec. So maybe it was just inside. So adults, beverage, they don't care. Yeah. I, I thought it was very, uh, I thought it was very cool. You know, whatever. Yeah. I give Did you want to watch uh, Eight Mile when you got home? Anytime you're playing Eminem, I'm down. That guy is the GOAT. I love him. So there you go. All right. Um, we have one more question to get to, but... First, we have to tell you about FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because new customers get a no-sweat first bet for up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and even threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your sweat first bet for up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA all right by the way yeah go ahead I didn't want to just do you know where I'm referring to when I'm saying like that's why he's the goat have you seen that little video on Twitter (laughs) no I just thought you thought he was the goat over Tom Brady that's I will right yeah (laughs) well I mean I do think in the rap game he is up there but no there's like I top five rappers go anti-social media a lot of negatives but there are some times when you're like okay this is what the internet was made for they put like little like Stephen a smith like you know clips and it'll relate to something on the tweet i love that call me a boomer but i i, I just think i giggle the heck out of those there's this guy he's this big black dude He's wearing like a, a tank top and he's like really into it. He's like almost crying. And he's like, that's why he's the goat. That's why they call him the goat. And like people just put him. Is as it a, a television personality something. or? No, no. This just a guy dude. you're a He's just a dude. Yeah. Oh, and, but okay. everybody uses it. It's super funny. If you know what I'm talking about, put it down in the comments after you hit that like button. It's free. And you hit that subscribe button. It's free. And tell me where that is from because it's like a whole Twitter thing. I don't know. I, I can't keep up with the Twitter subculture and the internet subculture. I'm barely it's keeping whole up as it is. It's um, a whole different language. The, the memes and, and the little videos, like it's it really is an internet language. Yeah. yeah. That's how papers are gonna be graded in the, the future. Teachers just gonna show like a SpongeBob 
gif or Me. video and like that yeah it's gonna be your your grade i don't know crazy times for sure uh as joe rogan likes to say all right um this final question from alex mullen says hello i'm wondering what you guys think about all of the 25th anniversary perks this season and what your favorite part is i'm a fan of the patches on the hats and jerseys which i hope they put on sale as well as the new hall of fame another question i had was what you think happens when Taj Bradley is ready for the majors and Shane Boz is back next season and how that affects the rotation. Now, possibly do we see a trade with Drew Rasmussen or glass now sometime in the future? I don't imagine Eflin or Springs goes anywhere for a bit, nor McClanahan. Thanks. Uh, Alex, I think uh, saw us at fan fest, but we didn't have a chance to uh, interact or say hello. I was going to say he's always active on on social media with us and sending us emails. So too bad we couldn't see you, Alex. Um, yeah. Hopefully next time. Um, again, thank you for writing to us. You, Jeff, and um, Michael. Michael as well. Thank you all for writing to us. Uh, patches on hats and jerseys are a win. I love that because you kind of distinguish them from a different season. So it's always cool like you know, to know when you got that jersey. I think that's a really cool thing. So that's... Yeah. That's a W for me. The little note on heads. that. Uh, yeah. The Rays will wear the Devil Rays uniform 14 times this season, including opening day and all Friday home games. The 25th anniversary patch will be worn on the cap and uniform sleeve for all games during the 2023 season. That's a W. Everybody loves the Devil Rays throwback. Like, there's nobody that doesn't enjoy those. So, it was always neat. It was always like only five a year the last couple of years, and people were like asking for more. They heard the people. They're like, "Okay, you want it more? Here's you go Friday. Let's see how the people react to this." Because usually people just ask for things because they don't have it, and once they get it, they're like, "Oh, well, now now the magic is over with. Now it's you know they're saturated with it. Hopefully yeah. that doesn't happen, but I'm gonna be very curious about how." How that'll happen. Um, bubbleheads. I was asking for more, more bubbleheads. The mystery 25th one, 25th four. I think it's CC and, and Don Zimmer. So it's not only Shane McClanahan's. That's cool. I'm glad that there are more bubbleheads for bobblehead aficionados like myself. Um, and the last question was about pitching, right, Taj? Uh, dude, I think that's something that will end up resolving itself with time because yeah, pitching always works itself out you, yeah. don't, don't worry oh who's gonna take whose spot like look i know this is gonna sound harsh but i'm gonna say it anyway uh so if you don't like harsh things maybe plug your ears or put mute for the next 20 seconds but pitchers get hurt mm -hmm. every day every season all the time as a race fan you should already be in very in tuned that pitchers will get hurt so don't even think about oh what's the 2024 we only we're, we're gonna have a problem a logjam of seven starting pitchers like no you won't no you won't somebody's gonna get hurt out of the five from 2023 one of them is gonna get hurt unfortunately like that's just what they do is not normal it is not a normal um, movement for the human body to throw overhand like yeah. it's not so. They, and they do it at 100 miles an hour. Like it's not, it's it's not supposed to just work. Uh, so that's going to resolve itself. But even if it doesn't, 
I don't think that having a rotation with seven deep guys in 2024 is going to be in any shape, way, or form a bad thing. On the contrary, it should be a very scary thing, a very scary thing for other teams to look at the Rays and say they're seven deep. There's seven like that's that's incredible. I mean, if you yeah. add the 2023 rotation plus Boss plus Taj, man, that's really really good. So that's a good problem to have, and I don't think you should stress out about that. That'll resolve itself. So out of those five, you mentioned Drew Glasnow, Eflin, Springs, McClanahan. Which would be most likely to be traded first, Drew Rasmussen? I think. I guess it depends on if he would accept a long-term deal, and then that leaves uh, Shane McClanahan in the dust. I don't. I honestly, I, I I'm going to go with another name. I'm going to go the Brooks Raley uh, route. Zach Eflin. Okay. Zach Eflin, because if they're able to just like shiny him up, like they did with Brooks Raley, even better because it's a starter. If they give if if they give Zach Eflin the type of season that Springs had. Or that Rasmussen had. I mean, now Fair you point. have a guy for two years, eleven and eighteen for twenty nine uh, mil. That's that's fantastic. I mean, you could ask whatever you want. Pull a from Blake somebody Snell. who's asking for pitching. Yeah, Blake Snell the thing. No, I you get you. Blake on Snell that. the thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm not really gonna touch any more on on the pitching uh question there um but the hall of fame yeah no i i think that's a a great addition to make it part of and interwoven with the 25th anniversary of course uh the three uh inaugural inductees into that are cc carl crawford not cc sabathia uh don zimmer and wade boggs um and they have some really cool things planned with that and i don't know if the Rays plan to have a Hall of Fame every year, which is going to or have additions every year, which um, extends to former players, managers, coaches, broadcasters and executives. Um, but I guess my question here is. Who are the next three? I do think that there's going to be one every year, at okay. least. I think I've read that somewhere. If not, I made it up. But whatever. Let's say that they do every year. They're going to induct somebody like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Every year that somebody gets in, I uh, will usually more than one person, like five, usually more than one person, I, one, more than one person. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I would say Dwayne stats, Dwayne stats is okay. going to get in next year. I think so. Yeah. Um, as far as player specific, I think here's a short list. Uh, Fred McGriff. Sure. Uh, Evan Longoria, when he retires, um, no, no, but like, no, 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 but, but like right now, like, oh, like already next, retired. Okay. Yeah. For next year. Yeah. So they have to be retired this year. See, it's funny because I, I would have thought that they would have thrown McGriff in this year too, or maybe the decision was made way ahead of time before that he got yeah, the legit Hall of Topkin, Fame. Topkin wrote about that, that they wanted him to just focus on the Cooper, uh, Cooperstown uh, and, and, and the Hall. Like they didn't want to have him just also deal with this one so that the fact that he wrote about this makes me think that you're that he's going to be inducted next year yeah okay so mcgriff next year and then maybe the year after that it's Dwayne stats i want Dwayne next year okay 
Sorry. Yeah, I, I just ankle. feel like uh, you almost have to be retired to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. I don't know. Hey, Tony Larusa got into the Hall of Fame and then went back to managing. So the rules are broken, sir. That's fair. Yeah, that, yeah. and we were having that conversation at uh, FanFest uh, regarding Dwayne Stats. How much does he make? Uh, I'd be very curious to see because that would uh, add a little bit of bargaining power uh, to yourself and your agent. Of I'm a Hall of Famer. I'm a I, Hall of Famer. I'm baby. in. I'm in uh, Gate One Rotunda. Here, I'm in the yeah. historical alcove. Double yeah. my salary. Um, so yeah. So and also, um, I think this is kind of more towards the end of uh, the press release, but uh, there will be a 25th anniversary commemorative book uh, written by Topkin in collaboration with the Rays. So uh, that should be available in May. So that might be a well, little uh, coffee table book action for you. Well, Mark, please, you know, the doors are open. If you want to plug that book, doors are open, baby. We'll give you the link and uh, be on the show. Yeah, oh. he only does uh, uh, MLB Network and... Uh, WDAE. I don't know if they're they go by six WDAE, the sports station. That uh, well, you know, Mark, they, they don't have a budget anymore. You're always they, welcome uh, here, buddy. Come in. Yeah, doors are open. Hey, I mean, when when the radio station goes under, we should still be around. We'll still be podcasting. So you're yeah. you're welcome to uh, share your insights with us anytime. Um, of course, we've so. had a lot of uh, other prominent people on the show. Why not? Why not you at some point? All right, uh, that is it for the mailbag episode uh thank you for making us your very first listen every day now make your second listen the locked on mlb prospects podcast that is also free and available on all platforms hope you all have a wonderful day stay safe and we will talk to you on wednesday